Hi, Paul. Hello, Janina. How are you? I'm doing very well. <laughs> Good. Good. The sun is coming in Stockholm. I've got nothing to complain about. No. Spring is here. The, uh, the grass needs cutting. <laughs> yes. Well, all the usual joys of the world. In Sweden, it's like it's it's a completely different world now that it's April and the sun is actually shining. Wow, it's a new universe, and we're sort of getting out of the pandemic, Paul. I've actually been back in the office the last two weeks. Not all the time, but yeah, it's a bit of a shock being able to walk around to the coffee machine, have coffee on tap instead of having to walk into the kitchen and grind the beans and empty the empty the coffee pot and fill it and put it on and all that stuff that distracts you from getting work done. Getting that steady stream of coffee is important for us Swedes, right? Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a crucial business critical function. <laughs> it is. So are you ready to talk some 5G? Yeah, let's talk 5G. Yeah. What's happening in the world at the moment? What's happening in the world? Well, um, there's a lot of 5G out there. Yeah. And I think in, uh, in a lot of countries, it's, you know, pe- people have rolled out 5G. You know, the operators have got 5G in their networks and they're still working to increase coverage, basically, or increase coverage and increase capacity. And at the same time, maybe even increase speed, which is actually one of the things we're going to talk about today. It is. We have Rainer Ludwig with us from Germany. And this podcast is all going to be about how to measure 5G speed. We had a 5G speed episode two years ago, I think it was, when we were at actually a 5G test. And we're going to talk a little bit about what we saw there and then what Rainer thinks, how we should look at measuring 5G speeds. So more about that later in the program. But Paul, you mentioned that, yeah, okay, Operators are launching 5G out there. There are users, uh, there are phones, but not everyone, right? You had an example there from from India, right? Yeah, I did, actually. Um, I saw a news article on India, a really interesting article, talking about uh, uptake of 5G telephones in India, millions of 5G phones being sold. The only small snag is that they haven't actually released the spectrum yet. So you can buy a phone, but you can't connect it to a network. Which might seem a strange thing to, to, to do, but if you actually think about the latest model phones from the big manufacturers, they're all 5G phones. So if you want the latest uh, Samsung or you want the latest Apple, you buy a 5G phone. And you're confident that in the due course of time, before you maybe have to uh, or feel like getting a new one, 5G is going to come along and you'll be able to enjoy that as well. But I think it's historically, if you look at phones, if we look at 4G phones, there was a whole evolution in 4G phones in terms of the speed, the traffic speed that you get on a 4G phone. But it was very rarely one of the things that you marketed for the phone. It's all about, uh, you know, look at look how, like how stylish it is or how good is the camera, what's the resolution of the screen, you know, how good is, you know, how shatterproof is the glass. Not many people went out to their shop and said, hey, do you have a... Uh, no, like a 1.2 gigabit per second capable 4G phone, please. But they are out there. So now we provide 5G phones, not necessarily because they have to have 5G right now, but because that's where the flagship phones are. So if you want a good phone, it's usually 5G. It's usually 5G. But it's not just phones that are being sold. We talked on this podcast before about fixed wireless access, which is providing broadband to your home with using 5G. Lots of markets around the world are now doing that. The latest one I saw was Stu in the United Arab Emirates, who started a home broadband service, which they describe as super speed. 
it's a good thing we're talking about speed today. You know, so that's one of the examples of the service just starting. Uh, T-Mobile in the US, they've been at it for a while, and they've actually just announced their millionth 5G fixed wireless uh, subscriber at the same time that they've expanded their coverage. So now up to 40 million people in the US have access to that service if they want it. And presumably if they pay for it. Yeah, and the, I mean, the US is a little bit of an outlier there. It's a huge country and they have quite a lot of 5G coverage percentage-wise. I think they're on the top 10 of countries that have 5G coverage, even just comparing that vast amount of land compared to somewhere like um, even South Korea. <laughs> it's like it's... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, in terms of geographical areas, compared to somewhere like Belgium, it's, it's, there's just no comparison. But, of course, rural coverage is important, and then it's not not 5G news, but I actually saw in, in uh, Germany that uh, two of the operators there have been collaborating to, if like, fill in uh, uh, dark spots in the coverage map by providing new base stations, which I guess in the course of time will be 5G base stations, but they're, they're doing it right now with 4G. So rural communities can kind of catch up to you know the kind of mobile connectivity that the rest of us have enjoyed for 10, almost 12 years or something. Yeah. And even if you can't get 5G, I mean, just getting the rural areas and the unconnected connected could be a big step forward. I mean, I don't know how I would personally do without a connection to everything nowadays. Uh, getting more and more uh, important to have things connected. Uh, it is, but uh, but it's also the case, of course, if you look at home broadband, we're talking about fiber uh, fixed wireless access, fiber connectivity is a lot easier to get hold of in a city than it is out in a rural area. So you know, the, being able to provide mobile connectivity in rural areas is a kind of double plus because those are just the areas that not only do they have they have poor coverage, but they've probably also got poor access to fixed broadband. Connecting the unconnected, important. So shall we go into our topic of the episode? 5G speeds and let's talk to Rainer Ludwig from Germany. We are into the interview section of the podcast and with us today we have, and let me try it in German, Rainer Ludwig. Super good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Super you. good. <laughs> Those three years of German that I failed really paid off. You are the strategic product manager of Ericsson's 5G radio networks. Hi, Rainer. Hi. Rainer. Hi, Janina. Hi. And I should say, I should add, I'm one of a couple of strategic product managers for Ericsson's 5G radio networks. I'm not the one and only. Okay. But you work in this area. Absolutely. And I've been doing so for many years. Oh, how many years? We, well, I mean, I... <laughs> Put him on the spot. Well, I'm with Ericsson like 27 years. 27 years. <gasps> well, maybe it's going to be tw- it's going to be going to be 28 this year. Oh, boy. Yeah. And so I've very much uh, been in part... But you look so young. Thank you. Thank well, you. Were you, were you a baby when you started or... Yeah, I just skipped high school and went straight from elementary school, uh, applied straight away. 27 years working with 5G, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, but everything everything building up to it. I just caught the last wave of 2G and fully 3G, very much 4G. Impressive. Oh, 
let's see if we talk in a few years maybe i'll be talking working about you know with 6g let's see <laughs> good good welcome to the podcast and today we are doing an update on 5G speeds. And I just checked back when we did an episode, Paul, two years ago. This was just before the the big pandemic. It was in February 2020. We did a podcast about how to measure top 5G speeds for these speed tests. And the outcome then was 4.3, yeah. Paul. Gigabits per second. I thought you'd. <laughs> A gigabit per second. I thought you'd jump in there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 4.3 bowed. <laughs> or something else. Yeah, 4.3 gigabit per second. And that was then the the top speed over an air interface, uh, what they call the peak rate speed. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, a lot has happened. 5G is now available. And just to set the scene, I just checked a speed test site from, it was, in this case, this was just a random speed test site, open signal, benchmarking the global 5G experience, March 2022. Now it's April, so it's a, it's a complete month old. But this was, the, <laughs> this was the, the one I found. And here we are, global top 15 speed. Yes, on the download speed, uh, Sweden is second and on upload speed sweden is first yay yeah and now you're gonna go and ruin my fun right Reiner, you're gonna say that this isn't really right well it probably is right but what speeds did you see for sweden in the downlink what 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 does it, it so say there it says downlink speed 338.4 megabit per second but that's way less than the 4.3 gigabits per second in Korea that you talked about, right? No, this was actually in Shista, but this was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, how come? How come? How? How, 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 yeah. how come? How come? Well, I think we need to put these numbers into perspective. I mean, when we talk about these 4.3 gigabits per second, and then we basically measure the cell capacity. This is what we all can share. Just imagine, you know, downtown Stockholm or downtown Tokyo, lunchtime, everybody on their phone, then they all share this 4.3 gigabits per second. That doesn't mean that you at that point in time will get it. You will only get a share of that. And the numbers that you mentioned afterwards in Sweden, that you know, Open Signal and other so-called crowdsource data providers measure, they measure the speed that you as a user get at that moment in time. So there it says probably some average of roughly 400 megabits per second, right? Yeah. That's what it says. So this is what you got at that moment when you when your finger touched the screen of your smartphone. At that moment in time, you got 400. That's not the peak of what's capable in that area because you're sharing with all the others. So th- that's how you put these numbers into perspective. They are actually also reporting on the peak download speeds. And there in Sweden, it's 750, around 750 megabit per second. So, But that's still not even close to the 4.3 gigabit that we had. So, mm. And what you're saying mm. now is, this is one radio, one user, that, then it's 4.3. But these are crowdsourced materials, so they are measuring Averages. Yeah, or or what a single user in that area 
Yeah, but I mean, when we measure the 4.3, we really measure technology potential, right? So, you know, we measure, we, we really squeeze out what, what can our products deliver both sides? You know, it's our Ericsson radio products. How much data can it pump across that radio interface? But also the other side, uh, the, um, the smartphone, the terminal, the chipset needs to be able to send and receive at that speed. So when we measure these super peak speed, we make sure there's no one on the road. It's our radio interface, that smartphone, only that smartphone can use it. Typically, we make sure it has very good radio conditions, very very good radio channel conditions. So we really show technology potential. This is what, what the technology is capable of delivering. And then you know, to one UE, to one smartphone, but not when it's shared. Yeah, so it's not wasted or anything. I mean, it's still important that it can deliver these top speeds, mm. right? You know, this is the top speed, you know, this is the peak that the cell or that, that area can deliver, and that is going to be shared by all the users. That's what you would get if you had the latest smartphone, the you know, latest and greatest, and you would measure, let's say, three o'clock in the morning when there's no one else there, and you're, you know, ideally close to the radio base station, so you have great radio channel quality, then you would measure 4.3. But during the day, because you're sharing with me and all the others in the area, you will only get a share of that. And yeah. then that's when you get these 400 megabits. But you'll also only get 4.3 if the, if the operator that you're using is, has the right spectrum in, the, in that place to actually be able to deliver that capacity, because capacity is also depends on how much spectrum the operator is using. So, and that, you know, that's right. A, a lot of 5G, you know, in mid-band spectrum is, it doesn't have access to millimeter wave, you know, so the peak rates it can deliver are not as high, so. That, that's right. So when Janina just measured uh, before this recording, she might have recorded, she might, might have measured in an area where the operator did not completely deploy all the spectrum. Right? It's not that the, the operators deploy all their spectrum everywhere. They deploy it more on demand. So you may be in an area, Janina, uh, where the operator has not deployed the full spectrum that the operator owns. That as well. So then we have the hardware in the network. We have the where you are. We have where when you are, how crowded it is and that. And then we have the spectrum. There's a lot of yeah. different things going on here. But I think that maybe the, the fundamental question is, how much speed do you need? Exactly. And that's really, I mean, this is really the, the trigger for this recording is the blog post that I wrote, right? Yeah. That we, pub that we published in January. It's really targeted at that. I mean, yeah, it's great to talk about the 4.3 gigabits or the 400 megabits that you can get on average where you live, uh, Janina. The question is, how much do you need to be happy? So I'll ask you, Janina, what speed do you need to be happy? Hey, I had no idea until I read your blog post. So <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to tell me. <laughs> and then that, that's actually when I, what I ask my kids. Uh, and, and that's actually how I start the blog post. And it's a true story. I was heavy into 4G uh, standardization and before in research. So uh, quite a big share of my career went into creating 4G with many others in the industry. So I was sitting at the very desk I'm sitting now and I, I unwrapped my first 4G phone and I did a speed test just like you did. And it had something, I don't know, 43 megabit per second at that point in time. I called in my kids, teenagers then, 14 and 16, probably around that time. And I showed them the speed test. And my, my son said, so what? 43 megabit, daddy. What does that mean? Mm. 
I don't care. He says, I don't care. That's what he said. I don't care. He says, I only care about that my content gets into my face when I click for it. I hate the spinning wheel. So what he basically said is he cares for time to content. That's what what the whole blog is about. Because that's what we all care about when you download, if you want to book a taxi on Uber or whatever, shop on Ikea or whatever you do. You just don't want to wait. You don't want to have a spinning wheel. You want the content in your face as soon as possible. And guess what speed you you need? You only need 20 megabits in downlink towards you, and you only need one megabit in the uplink. This is all you need for most of the popular and you know your favorite content. That's all you need. That is one of the key things we point out there. This is the speed you need: 20 down and one up megabits per second. That is, and if you have that at any point in time. Even in crowded places, in the middle of the day, in busy places, if you have that every time you click, then you're going to be a happy Janina. First of all, should I be unhappy if I get more seats done? Like, or how do I know that I have this? How does your operator know? I think that's more of the key question. How does your, your Telia, how does Telia know that you are a happy subscriber. That's really the key the key question, right? Or any other service provider that I have. <laughs> <laughs> well, who is your, your service provider? Is it Telia? Uh, I think I have uh, several ones, actually. Okay. I have several things. Sorry. Okay. Any, any of those will want to know that they give you good service, right? You know, if, you, if you run a restaurant, let's say you, you own a restaurant, you want to know, are, you, are your customers happy, right? Because if you don't get that feedback, if you don't know, you know, they might be just simply not coming back to your restaurant and soon you might be out of business. Or so you, you, just, you just get the feedback from the ones that were unhappy, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people probably just like put on a happy face and like, okay, well, I'll go to another restaurant next time. Exactly. So you as a restaurant owner, you want to know, uh, you know, what is the user experience? What you know? What what is how your customers feel about your restaurant? Are they happy with the food, the service, the atmosphere, and and everything? Will they come back? That then you're going to be running a successful restaurant. That's the same for any 5G service provider. They will want to know you know what kind of user experience are they providing. And now we know with the measurements we've done, we use a lot of the Google tools um, for this. And I explained this in the blog post. We found that, you know, for most of the apps that you and I use most of the days, 20 down and one up is enough. And if you have way more, you're not going to be much happier. But if you are in a busy place at a busy time and you get way less, then you're going to see spinning wheel on your screen. Then you're going to be a very unhappy uh, customer. And your service provider wants to know about this. Uh, the thing is, if, if you're in a busy place with a lot of other users, then if you're on 5G instead of 4G, the system's got a lot more capabilities in, you know, behind it to actually cope with all of those users at the same time. That, that's the key point. Yeah, exactly. Everybody wants their 20 megabits. Uh, every, everybody's getting it at you know, their 20 megabits per second. They're receiving in little chunks at maybe 250 or 400 or 600 megabits per second but it's serving those little chunks to lots of people. Think of 4G as a, let's say, a three-way highway. So the more more cars you have on the three-way highway, uh, the higher the risk for congestion and unhappy drivers in their cars. And think of 5G as a 30-lane highway. So suddenly you can cope with way more traffic and you're going to be way less likely to hit congestion. You're going to have a smooth ride from... 
your hometown to when you visit your parents. So that's how I explain 4G and 5G. 5G is just, you know, a f- instead of a three-lane highway, it's a 30-lane highway. And suddenly we can cope with way more traffic and have mo- because we're all sharing the same highway. That's what 4G mm. and 5G is about. But that's an interesting analogy because if it, you know, in that analogy, if you, the app that you're using or the, the service you're trying to use, that's a bit like the vehicle in that it's the vehicle that sets the speed that you can do. Even if the highway is empty, then the speed is still set by the vehicle you're, you're driving. So you know the app knows how much traffic it needs to be able to deliver a good service, and that's what it's trying to get all the time. Exactly right. So, you know, if we stay with this analogy and 4G is a three-way highway, a three-lane highway, now you're using, say, YouTube, you know, YouTube will be sending, you know, a series of cars to you, all these data packets, every data packet corresponds to a car. But if there's too much traffic on that highway, then there might be congestion and then you you will get freezing in your YouTube video or it will be chunky and not, not playing well or that's when you get the spinning wheel. But now if you move over to a 30-lane highway, your packets coming your way, these little cars are way more unlikely to hit any congestion. Now we're going to have a very smooth YouTube experience. And that's what it's about. And what we see in our measurements with this new capability that we have in our products, we can see that many 4G networks are just you know, hitting the limits. Even though the operator has deployed all their 4G spectrum in certain areas and the busy areas, they just cannot deploy anymore. You know, they have hit the roof. There's nothing more they can do. And still we see, based on our measurements, that users are not happy. We can measure that they're not getting the 20 megabits down or one megabit up at busy times. This, this is you know, one of the novelties that we have in our Ericsson Radio system software. We can measure each and every user experience. So we can see exactly when a user doesn't get that speed. And given that we now provide this to our customers, the customers can now see, aha, where are the busy areas? Where should I start deploying 5G? Because most operators just don't you know, blanket the country with 5G. You know, they put you know, a little bit of 5G here, a little bit of 5G there. They, of course, always start with the, with the busy places or with the, with the more urban places. But still, there are many areas, doesn't have to be urban places, that are still congested. And how does the operator know this? They need to have you know, capabilities to measure this. And this is exactly what we provide with our latest software. Yeah, and then it is actually measuring this time to click. That is what's measured. It's not just, oh, you can see the average speed that people have and see, okay, the average speed here is going down because this area is congested, but you can actually see what, the, what each user gets, right? Yes. Well, in the end, I mean, that's also what I explained in the blog post. We do measure speed, but before we did that, we now have that study that we use, that we create, you know, that we executed based on all these Google tools. We now have a very good connection between speed and time to content. Time to content is the time from when you, your finger touches the screen. So you say, I want this traffic schedule. Now you, you press, boom, until it's in your face. That's what we call time to content. So we have this uh, connection now between speed and time to content. And in our products, we now measure speed every time you do anything on your phone. So every user activity is measured. And that is another key difference to the crowdsource providers. They can only measure when you actually execute the speed test, right? And, and that is actually very rare. So we, we work a lot with these crowdsource data providers. 
you'd actually be surprised how sparse the data is. Even the busy places, you might get a speed test four times a day in a certain area or, or even less. So they, they come very infrequent, whereas with our radio system software, we measure each and every user activity. Every time any user does anything, we measure what, kind, what speed did that user have and then we can connect it to time to content. So the, our customers will now be able to see time to content for each and every um, area and 24-7. So they will have great visibility of the user experience. Coming back to the restaurant, now our customers will know exactly what user experience their customers had during the day in the different coverage areas. Yeah. And this is a service to the, the service providers. So all they have to do is like look at the data in their own systems, right? And they can trust that. Exactly. So we have a feature that you know sits in every radio base station and measures all the speeds for all the users for every activity and all this data is then fed back into a dashboard that our service providers buy from us. They can look at this and now they see like a heat map. They can see all of Sweden and they can see exactly which areas of Sweden are sort of becoming red. So then they know, aha, these are areas where user experience is not so great. So these are areas where I now need to do something. And something will often mean that they will deploy 5G in these areas because in many cases, they just ran, ran out of capabilities for 4G. Or add some more spectrum or, or both. It could be many things. Exactly. It could be adding more 4G spectrum if they still have. It could be you know, some optimization service. Sometimes it's, you know, maybe the antennas need to be, need to be retilted or... There, there, there's many things the operators can do, you know, an optimization service that we also offer. It could be more spectrum uh, or they just realize, boy, you know, we've hit the roof. There's nothing more we can do in this area. We have, a, we have exhausted our capabilities in the 4G area. We don't have any more 4G spectrum. Then they say, okay, now we add 5G to this area because we just can no longer cope with all this traffic during the busy times. Yeah. It's all about keeping the customers happy, right? when they need it. Exactly, and, and making that visible. Before, it was not so easy. Operators didn't have that visibility. So in, in the blog post, I use this analogy of glasses. So we, we basically, we've created glasses for our customers. When they, once they put these glasses on, now they can see this heat map across the country, say Sweden, and they can see exactly, think of a heat map, you know, green, orange, and red. They can now see with these glasses the red areas, and the red areas are those areas where user experience is not, not good enough during the busy times. Before, they didn't know this. This is like you being the restaurant owner. If you're your customer, if you don't go out and say you're the cook and you're the owner of the restaurant, you should be going out to your, your guests, say hi, you know, were they happy, collect feedback. That's what you need to do. But if you don't do that, you're going to be blind. You don't know where you're, you're, were the restaurant guests really happy or did they just put on a smile and they're not mm. going to come back? Well, I think it's, it's an amazing feature. Uh, I think this is something that everyone should be aware that that is available for the service providers. They can take action when uh, you are unhappy with your 5G coverage and do measurements. Hmm? No, I mean, th that's the thing. I mean, we're basically, we're selling them glasses or we're offering them glasses. I mean, all these measurements are they're happening anyway, you know, once the feature is enabled. So what really what we're giving the customers, we're giving them a pair of glasses. They put the, they put the glasses on and wow, 
Now they can see a heat map across the country. But presumably they're using this not just to, to say, look, look, here's a problem. They're using this to, to look at the trends and say, oh, look here, there's going to be a problem. So I need to kind of you know, send someone out and actually take some action here to improve the network. Otherwise, I'm going to have unhappy customers. Because exactly. Nobody wants, nobody wants to wait for unhappy customers. Exactly. That's exactly right, uh, Paul. You know, with these glasses, they can now see trends. So they will be able to see a certain area, say, southern part of Stockholm. Maybe, you know, right now it might be green. Maybe later this year it might turn into, you know, yellowish, later orange. So they can see the trend. And then they can be proactive and see, oi, user experience is starting to degrade during the busy times in the southern part of Stockholm. I better take action because if this just you know continues like this on this trajectory, people are soon not going to be happy in that area anymore. So it's exactly like you say. I guess that can also be something that impacts, like you said, yeah, for it's 20 megabit per second is what you need for a normal user. But there is, there could be new apps and features that would challenge the 5G speeds and then perhaps bring them down for other as well. So it's super important to to keep this up, right? Absolutely. Who knows? Maybe maybe in, in a year from now or two years from now, we, we will start using, you know, these smart glasses, you know, with augmented reality and virtual reality. And you know, there's some, I've seen some cool glasses, some prototypes already. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll be using those and then we're going to be doing may, way more video in the, in the uplink. And then, of course, the, the, the thresholds will change. Then it's no longer 20 down and one up. Then, the, then it goes up. But um, things like those glasses, it's not necessarily just consumers that will use those, but you can see you know, business users, you know, people out on building sites doing visualization of what the building should look like that they're working on. You know, those people will also use those type of techniques. So you know, we expect those to come through in a range of applications, really. Yeah. So really, at the end of the day, I mean, the, the real novelty that we you know are bringing out with this new Ericsson Radio System software is... You know, this pair of glasses, giving the, our customers the capability to see, you know, what kind of user experience they are providing in the different coverage areas of their network. And like Paul said, that now they can see trends. Yeah, long, longer term. So, so I've got an interesting question for you, Reina. We, we talked about this being able to you know, measure each transaction in terms of the quality of what's happening. What provisions are there in terms of the privacy of the user and being able to that users should be confident that there's not people there basically tracking what they're doing on their phone all the time. The way we measure is uh, we measure in the radio base station. And in the radio base station, we don't know the user. We only know there is a smartphone. In the base station, we have no idea of phone numbers or, or user identities. So all these speed measurements we do in the radio base stations are totally anonymized. We don't know who the user is. So we only we only see some device did something and we measured the speed. So there's no conflict with data privacy or anything like that because we simply don't, we cannot, because there is no no such information in our products about phone numbers, uh, um, subscriber identities, or not, not even terminal identities. So that's actually reassuring for if you sat there at home wondering about, well, um, who, who knows what about what I'm doing? No, no, I mean, that's important to understand. In the radio base station, we don't have, you know, in technical language, it's called subscriber awareness. So in the RAN, in the radio base stations, we have no subscriber awareness. They're simply, and that's by design, by design, 
this is how the industry in 3GPP, in the standardization bodies, has decided to create the technology. The radio base station has no idea of subscriber identity. The only thing it sees is a device is doing something. So we can measure speeds per user session. We can measure has the voice call dropped because of some coverage issues, but we don't know who it was. So I, there's no way I could track you, Paul or Janina in the radio base station because there's simply no such information available. And that's by design. I wanted to bring up, because I still, I mean, it, it's amazing new tools and new ways of measure 5G speeds. But I also, I wanted to mention one thing, and that is just amazing in this open signal report that I had up. The difference between 4G speeds and 5G speeds. So in some countries, for example, here, they are reporting the the improvement ratio, like uh, Chile, Philippines, Israel, Kuwait, it's like eight to nine times the, the speed, the average download speed in 5G versus uh, 4G. I mean, it's an amazing technology shift, right? Absolutely. And uh, that's just because, you know, there's way more users and, you know, way more traffic out there. So, I mean, with a three-lane highway, going, you know, into Stockholm, you know how that is oh, in, in rush hour times, you're not going to be serving more and more traffic. So the only thing you can do is just build a way wider highway instead of three lanes, 30 lanes. And that's what 5G is all about, you know, making wider highways and making these highways usable, even in, in spectrum areas where 4G will no longer work. Because, you know, 4G has a certain limit you know, you know, the radio spectrum that we use is um, divided into different bands and 4G can only operate up to, say, 6 gigahertz maximum. Typically, it's not even operated there. Beyond that band, you can no longer operate 4G. That's when you need 5G to actually use that spectrum and that. For example, there's a lot of talk about millimeter wave. A millimeter wave is, you know, for example, like 39 gigahertz, then 4G will no longer work. That's where you absolutely need 5G and to, to make that spectrum available to you and me and have that wide highway extend into your phone and my phone. Cool. Anything else that we should cover? Let's hope we get less of the spinning wheel <laughs> in the future <laughs> with these new features that uh, that is now available for service providers out there. That's right. So and then you need to, of course, remember, and you know, you need to buy a phone that is actually capable of 5G, right? Yes, I have that right here. <laughs> okay, because only with that you are uh, allowed to join or actually ride on that 30-lane highway, right? Otherwise, you're going to be stuck on that 4G three-lane highway. So you need to have that phone, and then that, <laughs> once you're on the on that big big fat 5G highway, you you should not be seeing any more spinning wheels. Yeah, and perhaps we'll talk 6G with you, Reina, in a few years. Yes, <laughs> six six G speeds. <laughs> okay, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great. It was great. And we'll link, of course, to your excellent blog post about 5G speeds in the show notes. So read that to get the specifics from Reiner about how to really measure 5G speeds in the best way possible. You win the prize for best pronunciation of my first name, for sure. <laughs> Thank you! <Ooh>! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to my German. <laughs>
today and for listening to this podcast. And bye. 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 <laughs>